You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. We're in Saskatchewan. There's not a lot of, well, I mean, there is a lot of, like, oh, here, here, here's, here's a wood tick. Like, come on. <laughs> Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the To and Out CFL Podcast. Now they have to kick it out, and they do. Every week, Travis Curra. Does anybody still care about this podcast? And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Are you kidding? This is unbelievable. Ready, set, hunt. And we are a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. Brazilian Tide, how was your Canada Day? Uh, it involved a lot of laundry and a lot of very bad food. Very bad like, food, it, like what? Fill like me it, in. It was it was good. It was just not good for me. Oh, okay, perfect. So I I bought thirty dollars worth of Burger King again. <laughs> thirty dollars at BK. <laughs> Come on, what goes into this? So usually a bacon king with extra bacon, <laughs> uh, with with a large fry and a large coke, two orders of matzo sticks. Uh, 20 nuggets, and I got a spicy chicken sandwich, too. <laughs> I went all out because I was like, well, I'm going to be in Lac La Biche for 10 days, so I'm not going to get Burger King for 10 days. And then today we went up north of Wandering River, so on the way back to the hotel, I stopped at the Burger King that was in the Petrocan and <laughs> bought another $20 worth of food. <laughs> okay. How tall are you? 5'8". Uh, I don't like where this is going at all. 5'8". I'm not going to ask you your body mass index. I can't talk. <laughs> <laughs> but how fast did you put that food away? Uh, it was all gone during the rain delay. So, two hours. <laughs> the rain delay. Did you go pick it up during the rain delay and have it done? <laughs> no, I, I got it before the game started. And oh, I yeah, ate okay. the fries. And then I started. Then I started doing stuff like on the commercials. Yeah. And then once the rain delay hit, I'm like, okay, I've got some time, so I just crushed it. <laughs> and then I figured the sooner I ate it, the better, so that I wouldn't have an upset stomach when I went to bed. I actually considered doing a podcast during the rain delay, but now I figured uh, since you're in a hotel room and you turn the air conditioning off, can we just do it as long as the air delay was? <laughs> Uh, we can try. It's it's only like 15 degrees out, so I mean, it shouldn't be too bad. Okay, you'll survive. Join two and out for CFL Fantasy and CFL Pick'em and show Kura and Ty what you got. They are who we thought they were. Just click cflfantasy.tsn.ca. Enough from talking about it. There has to be consequences. And pick'em.cfl.ca. Well, week three was an interesting one, to say the least. We started off with Winnipeg and Edmonton as the Bombers stay undefeated with a win over the Edmonton Eskimos. Now, you can't say that the Bombers ended up shutting down the Eskimos in this one because the S were moving the ball. Yeah, 345 yards for Trevor Harris on, on 30. He threw the ball 54 times. That's insane. That's ridiculous. And he only rushed it four. Uh, and then, like, you know, he had, he had two 100-yard receivers. Greg Ellison chipped in with 73 yards. Uh, C.J. Gable out of 82 on the ground and went four for four through the air. Like, they, they spread the ball around, but they did not do anything in the red zone. 
So let's see here. The the Bombers had 14 first downs. Is is that right? That sounds that sounds fairly accurate. Uh, the Eskimos time of possession 36 minutes and 20 seconds, and they lost 28-21. All because they they couldn't finish drives. The Bomber defense shut them down when it mattered the most. And Sean White, to his point, I mean to his credit, I guess, nailed all seven of those field goals. But this is the the problem we saw with uh, Ottawa last year. A lot of times. They uh, were unable to finish drives, so that uh, helped Lewis Ward get to that incredible record. I mean, mm-hmm. if, if the Eskimos stay at this pace, Sean White might have a, a, a new record to break in probably three or four weeks. <laughs> yeah, you know, break break a record and miss the playoffs. That'd be a great way to go into the go into the off season. Oh, man. So it seems like there are now three receivers in Edmonton that, I mean, you wouldn't be – wrong if you had any of them in your lineup with Kenny Stafford, Ricky Collins Jr., and Greg Ellingson. Trevor Harris continues to do what he was doing in Ed, or in Ottawa, just spreading that ball around. Yeah, as much as the story changes, it stays the same. Uh, you know, he's got another three guys that he can trust to get the ball to in Edmonton, much like he did in Ottawa. And, and you know, it, it's becoming where Kenny Stafford wasn't exactly a, a a, a very good fantasy pick last year. Uh, you know, he'd have a game here and there, but not consistently. And these first three weeks uh, have not been too shabby for Kenny Stafford. He's got 51.1 fantasy points this year, so he's averaging 17 points a night. Like, that. that's pretty good. Now, Matt Nichols, I mean, I, I guess you could say he managed to win this game. Oh, my God. <laughs> 200 yards passing, 13 of 21, but he had three touchdowns, and that's what really matters here. And then, Mm -hmm. hello, lucky Whitehead. Welcome to the Canadian Football League. Seven catches, 155 yards, including a 75-yarder. And, yeah, two touchdowns. I think everybody was kind of looking towards Chris Matthews uh, making his return Mm -hmm. uh, in this game. And I know he was in a lot of fantasy lineups. He came with a lot of hype. But that really just helped open up space for Lucky Whitehead. And now the Bomber offense has a massive playmaker, which they really haven't had. I I know Darvin Adams is a great receiver. He's a deep threat. But he doesn't have the burners that Whitehead does, and he's not going to be a guy that is a threat to score a touchdown anytime he touches the ball, but that's exactly what this guy can do. He got 34.3 fantasy points this week. The next closest guy on his team that wasn't Matt Nichols, 13.7 for Andrew Harris. Wow. And, and one of those one of those touchdowns was a screen pass. <laughs> Uh, I mean, did yeah. you did, did you see Nichols' reaction to that? Yeah, I did. <laughs> it was hilarious. That was really funny. <laughs> and Harris has been, you know, called the called the Eskimo killer, and mm-hmm. he got shut down. 
Uh, he really didn't get anything done. Nick Dembski was actually the leading rusher for the Bombers. He only had three carries. He did have a 35-yard rush, and he did have a touchdown in there. So he was the the big uh, fantasy running back for the Blue Bombers in this one. But they showed it last year that Paul Lapalise was willing to switch up the running backs. And with the mm-hmm. amount of mileage that Harris has put on in the past you know, four or five years, I think it's pretty good to uh, manage the load a little bit and get Dembski in there because he's got the talent to make plays happen. Yeah, Harris, like I said, only 10 carries. Uh, still had two catches for 17 yards and a touchdown. I mean, he's still good for 13.7 points. He's actually the second highest scoring uh, blue bomber on offense. And Dembski was the second highest receiver. So, I mean, it goes to show that, like, well, I wouldn't exactly call it balanced, considering that one guy got seventy-five yeah. percent of your yards uh, through or passing yards. But I mean, they they somehow got the job done. I have no idea how it happened. I'm trying to find the the penalty numbers here. Uh, oh yeah, they're not great. <laughs> I I have them here for you. Yes, I I, I think I just uh, found them as well. Okay, what do you got? I have 13 penalties for 139 yards for Edmonton and 8 for 86 for the Bombers. I mean, 139 (laughs) yards on penalties. Edmonton, clean it up. I thought that we addressed discipline in the offseason. I don't get it because it seems like... Chris Edwards and Aaron Grimes are gone. So, yeah, (laughs) I don't get it either. It, it, It seems like... Jason Moss is a different guy this year, and I'll give him credit. He just seems a lot more calm. He's not. He's like mm-hmm. the, the happy Gilmore when uh, the lady comes Going into to his the happy light. place. <laughs> but I mean, th- they gave up just over three hundred penalty yards in the last two games. Uh-huh. That's. <laughs> It's, it's not it, great. It's not improving. Well, I guess it's an improvement over last week. They improved by about 25 yards. So, I mean, if you want to look at the positives. <laughs> and what's their record? Yeah, two and one. <laughs> yeah. Um, they 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 had every opportunity to, to win this game and continually shot themselves in the foot. Yeah, they, 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 they should totally be three did. and oh. So if the, Esk- if the Eskimos can f- figure out the penalty thing, they they might just be the best team in the CFL because you know what the defense i mean they for their part you know what they gave up some big plays but they they limited the bomber offense they limited andrew harris if those two big plays don't happen i don't like the what if game but this is a completely different outcome mm-hmm. well and last night on the panel uh you know, they took a look at James Franklin numbers, and it wasn't – they're not good. Right. Uh, and they like – I believe it was Henry Burr said, you're not going to win many games this league throwing for 211 yards a game, and it's basically <laughs> Matt Nichols saying, here, hold my beer. <laughs> I mean, his his efficiency was uh, better – he had a better score than Trevor Harris, and I think it's simply just because of the scores. If you can make the scores happen, mm-hmm. I mean, uh, just get it into your playmaker's hands, and well, that's what's going to happen. And the, the, the TDs help that too. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I mean, if if uh, if Nichols would have thrown it thirty or fifty four times, which we'll never see, uh, you know, he would have had maybe more yards, but the, because their their completion percentage was like three points different. So I mean, just one guy finished. Well, I wouldn't say finished drives, but 
Well, yeah, you can say finished drives, and you know Trevor Harris didn't. Once they got within twenty yards, it was the, the offense became anemic. All right, now I know you said uh, once they got inside, you know, the red zone, the the offense became anemic. But is that what Jason Moss was thinking at the end of the game? There's just over two minutes left. The 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 Eskimos are driving on the Bombers. It's first and ten, and Jason Moss kicks the field goal. <laughs> It's like we've been here before. <laughs> That's exactly it. Now, Ty, I, I feel like you want to be a guy that would defend this decision. <laughs> what gave well, you that idea? You, you you like to think outside the box. To me, I just think Moss mm-hmm. is just trying to be the smartest guy in the room, trying to outthink himself. To me, it's just like they had all the momentum, and maybe they did earlier in the game and they got stuffed inside the red zone. But don't you go and at least take a shot? One shot? I would take one. I would take one shot, kick it on second down, that way, if something happens, you you still have third down to kick it. Um, I, I totally understand, and I get leaving as much time on the clock as possible. Uh, you know, running two plays there probably burns off. Well, passing plays maybe let's say between ten and twenty seconds, right? Because the clock's going to stop, uh, and if you don't get it, you're kicking the field goal anyway. So kick the field goal, and make a stop. And the defense had been able to stop everybody but Lucky Whitehead yeah. on Thursday night. Uh, so I, I have no problem with it, and I could care less, could not care less if people disagree with me and, and, and hate my take, because I will gladly take another suspension if it means standing up for what I believe in. The crazy part of all this is that the defense did their job, and they actually ended up forcing a yeah. fumble, giving the Eskimos another uh, possession, but they just couldn't capitalize. The, the, the only thing, the only thing that really, really sucks, is that they were they were going to have to score a touchdown at some point, which they probably weren't going to do anyways. But the you way know, they I, had I almost play. fell over. I, I thought it was a stupid call, just trying to get too cute, trying uh, to be I, too smart. I, 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 but why not leave as much time on the clock as possible? You got to get a field goal anyway. You know, the only thing the, the touchdown's not the, guaranteed. The touchdown's not guaranteed from that distance with Sean White. That's 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 made ninety nine out of. But the field goals times. are almost guaranteed. You still have to take a shot. I can I can get not wanting to go for it on third down. I mean, at least take a deep shot. I guess what I can see here, and they were talking about it a lot on the broadcast, is that the receivers were mm-hmm. tired because, like we've been talked about, 54 pass attempts. That, Yeah, and I imagine that Trevor Harris's arm was in tip-top shape too. So I don't those. know if the thought process was, okay, yes, let's get the field goal and give the offense a break. Usually you're trying to give the defense a break, but those receivers, they, they looked pretty blown up. <laughs> and I, I would assume from where they were on the field that they would be throwing into yeah. the end zone if they were going forward on first and second. They wouldn't be throwing short. Because you're you're gonna burn time that way if they're completed passes, uh, but I have zero issue. And I, I I read like oh it didn't work in the West Final and now he's zero two. It's like yeah, two times he's tried it. This time it almost worked out. It's, it's a super. If he'd done it ten times, or if he'd done it nine times before, he was zero for nine. He did it again. 
then it's starting to get a little ridiculous. Then, then you have a sample size. But two times, I got no issue with it. And, 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 you know, he's putting his team in a position where they have a chance to win the football game. Speaking of 54 passes, and, okay, finish. And I, and, I, and I do have somebody in Coach Vic that will back me up on this. And he is a provincial football champion. Don't forget. We're talking 54 pass attempts. I, I kind of wonder what Matt Dunnigan had in his 700-yard game. Oh, I had that written you did? down somewhere. <laughs> I had it written down because they brought it up last night because Fajardo was on pace, right? Oh, he was on pace. Yeah, it would have been. I think Dunnigan threw something like, I want to say it was over 60 times. Oh, okay. I think. Uh, oh, I, I found it here. 33 ah. of 52. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a lot. So he had less pass attempts than what Trevor Harris did in this game. And less completions. Oh, man. <laughs> that, that, will that ever happen again? No. I, Not a chance. <laughs> like, I want to know the fantasy results here because Alfred Jackson actually caught four touchdown passes that day. You thought Eric Rogers had a big week? Let's go back in time. Alfred Jackson just popped 50. (laughs) So you know what this means now, right? You're going to do the fantasy stats from 1994? Now i got to find the box score for that game and do the fantasy sites and put them on the website. Great. (laughs) The greatest fantasy performances of of all time. No, no, no. We're not going to do all time. I'm not going through everything. Uh, Come on. i got to see the Russ Jackson stuff. Oh, do you even think those box scores exist? They're probably on like some, like bio, like not biodegradable, like that paper, like that old timey paper. <laughs> uh, if, you, if you if you expose it to air, it just disintegrates. <laughs> Let, let's move on to Hamilton smashing Montreal, forty-one to ten. Friday night football. That is. Two amazing performances from the Ticats, 105 mm-hmm. points in two weeks. They are a juggernaut right now, and they're going to be playing Montreal again. i, I got to assume that's exactly who Montreal does not want to play, but it, it just looked like <laughs> nothing went right for the Alouettes. Um, I mean... I guess early on they were in it. T- Tommy Campbell did get a pick like on Hamilton's first drive, right? That's a that's a that's a positive. And didn't give up the rouge on a missed Howard Lahu field goal. And they had nine nine minutes fifty five seconds of possession in the first quarter. And Okay, uh, that's crazy. Almost ten minutes having the ball in the and, first quarter. You should probably have and, three scores. <laughs> and it and it was zero zero after one. So I went all in. <laughs> I went all in at having Brandon Banks in my lineup this week. And I was yep. pretty happy with it, but he did everything almost in the first half. Six catches, 136 mm-hmm. yards, and a touchdown? Holy man! Yeah, uh, he was flying. And, it, I mean, when, once they got up like they did, it, the usage rate for, for, well, I wouldn't say all the receivers, but, I mean, you're, you're not going to see, uh, you know, a lot of throwing Especially when you have Sean Thomas Erlington and Jeremiah Masoli in the backfield like that, it makes it way easier to manage a lead. Man, how about uh, that Henoch Mwamba shutting down Dane Evans on first down, yeah. 
third down, forcing a fumble on third down. It feels like Mwamba has never been on a really good team. Like everyone around him has not Mm -hmm. been able to. If they had Mwamba's talent, the the guy would be on a juggernaut of it. Like I kind of wish he would have. Well, Calgary's defense has taken a hit as well. But I I bet you he was choked that he was not able to play on that uh, Rough Rider defense of last year when he ended up uh, getting let go for stupid business reasons. Yeah, more or less, right? Uh, I don't think he blinked during that entire goal line stand. And we were watching it on TV, and I was like, "Um, this could be the time. This might be what fuels Montreal. Right, right. I know they're down by 12, but, I mean, he he makes both stops on first and second, and he he makes a stop and forces the fumble on third down. It's like... They might come out in the second half like as a brand new team. Turns out, nope. A, I mean, a seventy-five-yard touchdown catch from Sean Thomas, Thomas Arlington, and and the game was over. I mean, there were some decent performances on the Montreal side. Uh, Standback had thirteen carries mm-hmm. for seventy-eight yards. B.J. Cunningham had uh, eight catches for ninety-three yards. And Vernon Adams, he only had twenty-four pass attempts. You. Uh... <laughs> Compare that to what Edmonton did. I mean, if he had 40 pass attempts, he might have had himself a great fantasy week. But, I mean, 13 points because of the 41 rushing yards he was able to Mm -hmm. add as well. But when you've got that Hamilton defensive line, it's not easy to make anything happen. No, and they got to him six times. Wow. Yeah, that, that, that is a beating. And we saw Mike Riley last week get sacked seven times in Edmonton. Uh, you know, if you can't protect your quarterback, don't give them time. Uh, they're, they're not going to be able to make plays. Uh, you know, one bright spot for Montreal, though, was Jake Wineke with his first CFL touchdown. Uh, two catches on three on three targets, 28 yards on the touchdown, 10.8 points. Uh, not a bad uh, first fantasy go-around for the, for the young kid. And uh, the the uh, offensive line in Montreal is going to have a lot less experience after uh, their game on Thursday as Luke mm-hmm. Brodeur-Jordan has announced that he will be hanging up the cleats following the game. It's assumed that he's going to help out on the coaching staff. Um, I, I, How? I, I guess they were maxed out with the new coach's uh, cap, so why don't they just keep him on as a player? Put the him Luke, on the, the injury. Uh, Andy Fantuz. The Andy <laughs> exactly. <Fantuz> special. <laughs> yeah, let's go. So maybe that's what they're going to do. Now we're circumventing the coach's cap. <laughs> oh, isn't it a beautiful thing? Yeah, we're going to sign players to contracts and put them on as the scratch on the game day roster, but have them as a coach. <laughs> I, I guarantee you that that's going to happen. Well, it might be happening in Montreal. Who knows? Or they just it throw it might the happen, we, happen week four. It might happen four weeks <laughs> into having a coach's cap. I love it, though. I love it. Is is, is Lou Lamarillo the GM in, in Montreal? <laughs> like, what's going on? Uh, I love it. But the Ticats are humming, and they're going to maybe <laughs> keep doing it in uh, Montreal this time on Thursday. Because it looks like they really don't care about uh, the term trap game. They uh, <laughs> they just go do it. Uh, I think the only thing that's a trap for them is the spread. 
Yeah. <laughs> and, and they are double-digit favorites a, this week. They haven't had a – and I hate double-digit spreads. But I think if you're playing Toronto-Montreal right now and it's Hamilton, uh, I think it's almost a guarantee. It can almost make that a lock. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's totally – Totally fair. Did they change the defensive scoring system in CFL Fantasy, I have to ask? Because how are teams not getting negative here? Oh, Toronto got negative. Oh, yeah, Toronto got negative. But they did not get negative when Hamilton scored 64. I know some of them were defensive Uh, touchdowns and special teams. But but you you only can lose a maximum of four points. Oh, depending okay. on the score. Okay. So then you get a point for a sack, two points for a turnover. Right. I, so, I don't know how they didn't lose points against Hamilton. <laughs> uh, how many sacks did they get? Uh, well, they had a few. I know my wife picked them because she had like an extra $3,000. She's like, well, what's the worst Toronto well, can do? <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, well, they, they scored zero stick. instead of losing points, but... <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah. We'll just take a quick, quick boo here. Yeah, they had four sacks, so that there's four points right there minus the four they lost for allowing over. Oh, there they uh, go. Thirty-five points. Bam. <laughs> Green eggs and ham. <laughs> oh, two and out this week is brought to you by ATB, and they have their very own podcast called We Are Alberta. Uh, host and ATB economist Nick Ford explores Alberta's geography, its business, organizations, and its diverse and fascinating people, all viewed through an economic lens. You can check out the podcast at atb.com slash wearealberta. The last episodes were actually two-parters about Bitcoin mines. It's all really fascinating. There's actually one in the Drum Heller and one in the Medicine Hat region in Alberta. So listen to all about Bitcoin mines with We Are Alberta. It's an ATB podcast at atb.com slash We Are Alberta. I'm really kicking myself for not throwing 100 bucks down when uh, Bitcoin came out, man. <laughs> I'm surprised that you didn't. Do you like just throwing money at things? I. I also have no idea how to invest in the stocks, so oh. there's that. You just like to gamble it. That's your that's I, your good. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> What's the dumbest thing you've ever bet on? Uh you know the game Tire Ball? <laughs> Tiger Ball? Tire. Tire ball. Yes. Like you have a you have a you have two softballs and then you put like two tires without the rim, so just the rubber. I don't know how far apart they are, like thirty feet or whatever. You got it's kind of like horseshoes. Oh yeah. So okay. like if you hit the tire, it's a point. If you land in the tire and it bounces out, it's two. And if you leave it in the tire, it's three. Yeah. Uh, Saturday night we had a fire, and before the fire we played for a hundred bucks a game. Wow. And I have a sprained thumb. So that went well. How much did you lose? I'm down 300. <laughs> I lost, we, we did a first to seven. Oh, best of seven. I love it. No, no, it was a race to seven. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so we played 11 games. And my hand hurt so much the next day. <laughs> only you, Brazilian tie, only you. <laughs> I know. We move on to probably the game of the week. The Calgary Stampeders 
beating the BC Lions 36-32, and it was looking good for the BC Lions. And, I mean, the last time that the Stampeders lost two in her own McMahon Stadium before Labor Day, I don't even know the stats there. But I had a gut feeling, and I'm going to hang my hat on this one, that uh, BC would get John White going. And they got John White going. He was the fantasy performer on my uh, team, and I'm gonna I'm gonna take credit for that call because <laughs> I don't get many right. <laughs> that that's very fair. And you know what? I think I'm gonna take any running back playing Calgary from now on. Uh, yeah, I don't know what. Well, I guess we kind of do know what's going on with that with with the losses that they've had and. and uh, now the, the, injuries the injuries to the replacements. Are, the injuries that are <laughs> racking up to the replacements that they've put in, uh, there is a big hole on that defensive front right now. Man, it, uh, it it's not looking good. And now they're going up against uh, William Powell, uh, one of the mm-hmm. most the toughest running back in the, the CFL. But Calgary's saving grace is that Saskatchewan only has like five days rest there. So uh, the Riders are in a tough spot as well. At least they are staying at home for that one. And yeah, they did get John White going. He didn't have a 100-yard game or anything, but a lot of people were saying John White was done after the first two games of the year. But clearly that is not the case with him. No, uh, you know, it looked like it was going to go downhill in a hurry. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they tried to get they, they established the run early. Mike Riley throws that pick uh, with the pick six to Trey Roberson. Uh, who else? Yeah. And you know Clay Brooks goes three for three on his challenges at, to that point. Gets the rough in the passer, and you know it just it escalates from there. And you know a quick swing pass. Uh, from Riley and John White ends up in the end zone. They get the two points and it's eight nothing early. And it's like, huh, this isn't good for my pick'em. <laughs> so the, and then it just continually got worse. So the the Lions were up twenty two one, and the, the Stampeders were just taking undisciplined penalties. Uh, I mean, they would keep the drives alive or help BC move along, and then Bo answers with a 75-yard touchdown to who else? Eric Rogers. I think that's going to be yeah. the theme of the rest of the time talking about this game. <laughs> it, there's that, or there's the last minute 20, or the last three of the minutes. entire game. Yeah, yeah. But before we like, I mean, like you said, 22-1. All 22 of those points came off BC penalties. Or came off Calgary penalty, sorry. They had the roughing the passer. Then Riley threw in double coverage, looking for Brian Burnham. Ball probably not catchable. Gets the DPI, so it's on the one. And then a roughing the kicker penalty on a punt. Wow. Then all of a sudden it's another first down for BC. And he finds Durant, and Durant rolls into the end zone. And then, so that makes it 21. And then they get a single on the kickoff because of another stupid unnecessary roughness penalty after the convert was missed. Wow. <laughs> like the kickoff from the 50. Like, I, I don't know what was, what was happening there. And, and Dave Dickinson even said it at the half, uh, when they interviewed, I'm tired of talking about it. We got to go out there and do it. And if they're not going to play disciplined, you're going to find yourself on the bench. Yeah. And you know what? If Calgary doesn't make that stop on Riley on third down on the goal line, going into halftime, mm-hmm. I mean, even if BC takes the points there, we might be talking a little yeah. bit differently about this game. Oh, for sure. 
Uh, and like, I know we say on discipline, they only took five penalties, but four of them led directly to points. So, <laughs> and and if they take if they take if they take those if they take that field goal, and and I I have no problem with them going for it. You have Mike Riley; it makes perfect sense. But you know me on the road, take the points. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> it's a completely different ball game. <laughs> I think the craziest thing about all this is that three minutes and fifty seconds left in the game. Bo Levi leaves the game after. A throw, and I'm not a doctor. Mm-hmm. I don't want to speculate with what happened here, and I, I hope it's not serious. He was at practice, uh, but he wasn't throwing the ball on Tuesday. He was scheduled to get an MRI on Tuesday as well. I have not uh, seen a um, update on what happened with the MRI or how long he's going to be out there, but. I know I was worried about the state of the quarterback position across the CFL coming into the season, but Nick Arbuckle and Cody Fajardo basically shut all of that up. <laughs> uh, yeah, t- turns out we might be okay. Oh, with one twenty left, Arbuckle sneaks one in for a touchdown, gets the two-point convert to who else? Eric Rodgers. Eric Rodgers? Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> Sorry, checks out. Okay, okay. Before you go any further, okay. So, what they get? They get the touchdown. There's three things to do on a che- on the on the checklist to win this game, and they are two point convert, onside kick, and another touchdown. Yep. Check. Now the onside kick. That play by by Michael Klukas is unreal. <laughs> he tipped that, that it tip past. <laughs> past the hands team. Like, well, I give I give a lot of credit to Rene Paradis too. Like, the, the perfect kick, and the, and then who else but Eric Rogers to to jump on the loose ball? Right, like that. That was that was ridiculous. Of course, he's involved. So that's check number two. And then why not just give Eric Rogers the hat trick to check off the final thing? Like th- this this minute and twenty was absolutely ridiculous they, it, it, this no lead is safe and I mean they were up 21 and BC was up 21 and lost this football game they were up two scores with a minute third with well before the touchdown so let's say with a minute 25 left they were up two scores and, and how do you lose this football game and and Calgary actually took more injuries during this game oh yeah, they, they and before uh, the they game even <laughs> and yeah, don't forget about before the game. So they they lose Ivan McClellan, Brandon Smith, and Jawan Breskison during the game, and, and Hergi Mayala was hurt in warmups. Wow, like, uh, <laughs> like those are some big losses on on both sides of the ball, and for them for them to just you know plug and play, and even they lost. I believe I Mitchell isn't even on this list. I forgot to add him. Uh, you know, and Nick Arbuckle comes in and scores two touchdowns in a minute twenty. Uh, that that's some Reggie Miller against the Knicks <laughs> stuff right there. And here's what we're learning today: Don Jackson is now in concussion protocol. That uh, explains <laughs> a little bit as to what was going on because he did not seem uh, like Don. I mean, twenty six yards on eight carries, uh, twenty six yards on five catches, and just. 
I don't want to say a non-factor, but he wasn't Don Jackson. And he came out of the game. He came out of the game a lot. Right, right. And so, I mean, obviously Terry Williams is going to be the next man up there, but Jackson mm-hmm. has not looked like the 2018 uh, Don Jackson so far this year. And speaking of defensive end, uh, Ivan McClellan get it, getting hurt. He tore multiple ligaments in his knee, which was also okay. dislocated, and broke mm-hmm. his hand on the same play. So, it's, so is he on the sixth game or the one game? <laughs> or like- are they keeping that? Are they keeping that secret? Uh, I, I think they're calling it a lower body injury. <laughs> body injury, yeah, and it's questionable because we know how much the CFL teams love to disclose injuries to make yeah. our fantasy lineup picking so much easier. He, he, he's questionable against uh, the Rough Riders on Saturday. <laughs> yeah. yeah, clearly. If he was a hockey player, he'd be starting. <laughs> yeah, I know hockey because, players love to like, say it, that. Like, I, I, yeah, it's like yeah, I got three cracked ribs and a broken hand, but I'm going to try to play tonight. What? What? okay have fun with that yeah so if i told you that bo levi mitchell would leave this game with four minutes left and uh the stampeders were trailing by two scores and they would still win this game what would you say to me i'd be putting so much money on the bc lions money line live betting that (laughs) and i almost did but i had bet on calgary at the start of the game and i just rolled with it so i won like Six bucks. <laughs> Mark Mike Riley is making Lamar Durant a star. He has a touchdown mm-hmm. in every game so far this year, and Eric Rogers already is a star. Nine catches, a hundred yards, three touchdowns, two two point conversions. But nobody's really talking about Markeith Ambles, who had nine catches on twelve targets for one hundred and eight yards. The ball had to go to somebody with Breskison and Mayala, and ending up leaving this game. Yeah, yeah. In baseball, chicks dig the long ball, and in football, uh, I don't, I don't know what would rhyme with touchdown, but or what would go with touchdown. But if you're not scoring touchdowns, you seem to fly under the radar quite a bit. <laughs> what a Western showdown! And I mean, if that's happening uh, in June, uh, we've got some good football for the rest of the year. I think. Like you said, the Riders get the crossover, and it's a Fajardo Nick Arbuckle Great Cup. Like I, I can get behind that. <laughs> I mean, I don't want Bo to be out long term, but could you imagine? Oh, <laughs> Fajardo I, Arbuckle. I, I I I don't want to imagine. Like I want to be able to sleep at night. You know, I really want to compliment. I wanted to compliment the Argos. I wanted them <laughs> to have a good game, but mm-hmm. they they look lost. I I don't know what there is to say. About them here, they they lose thirty two to seven, but they go into the storm delay down twenty five nothing. So after the storm delay, I mean, <laughs> hey, there's a positive there. The Argos and the Riders tied. <laughs> yeah, and and they didn't hit the over. <laughs> yeah. During the storm delay, I, I don't know if the Riders did this. I thought they should have rested more guys and just gotten ready for Calgary at that point. I know no lead is safe and everything like that. And yes, mm-hmm. Toronto did play tougher, but you're on Saturday after a Monday game, got to play the Calgary Stampeders, a Western Division rival. 
you got to get ready for them right away. And I mean, <laughs> yeah. just get get uh, some I, of the rookies in there. I I get that point, but at the same time, they're at home. Yeah. So I mean, you kind of have you don't have to worry about getting on a plane. It's kind of kind of like having an actual off day. You you go home after the game. You, you can hit the cold tub, get your treatments. You're not climbing on a plane for three hours and cramping up up there and have to land and get treatment and all that stuff. You can just do it right there. It's no, it's no extra time added uh, to the, to the after game recovery. Uh, Yeah. It's a short turnaround, but I I think them being at home is going to be a huge advantage. It's been since Darian Durant since, which, you know, at the end of the day, isn't all that long ago uh, that the riders have seen quarterback performances like this, but, Mm -hmm. Cody Fajardo, 430 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, and now we've got fantasy options in Saskatchewan, which it hasn't been since the Canadian Air Force that there have been. I I, I sinned and took Cody Fajardo this week. Well, I took him too. I went against against my own commandments, and it panned out because he was the highest-scoring quarterback in week three. Unbelievable. In his second CFL start, he throws for over – 400 yards and he's mobile too Mm -hmm. he he had some run plays there but Shaq Evans breaks the century mark Kyron Moore breaks the century mark and scores a touchdown Katie Cannon has 71 yards I mean Naaman Roosevelt he he was looked to as well it seems like Fajardo looks to him in the really tough situations like I know you're gonna get smashed but I'm gonna Mm -hmm. throw it to you here anyway and then we wonder why he has eight concussions. Yeah. <laughs> the, su- the suism. He has a suicide pass. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> you look at the Toronto side of the ball. We, we thought Darrell Walker and James Franklin would have some. Turns out they had somewhat of, a, of chemistry. He only had one catch for 56 yards. He was the leading receiver. One catch and he's the leading receiver. Yeah. Amarni Edwards, 50 yards on four catches. He was the leading fantasy receiver uh you know and he only had uh where or no sorry levi noel was the leading fantasy and only had 31 yards (laughs) yeah six catches and a touchdown though uh yeah 15.1 points it's not going to win you a lot of football games uh and you know james franklin 12.4 uh that doesn't help much either the argos uh their last game was, what, nine days before this one. And I know mm-hmm. they got smashed by Hamilton. Mm-hmm. But nine mm-hmm. days, you're a pro team. Mm-hmm. And they they looked like they had no idea what was going on. And you know what? I feel for TSN. Corey that Chamberlain had to... didn't even know he couldn't challenge a play. <laughs> I, I felt bad. I mean, TSN, for their credit... They made this seem like a big deal. It is Canada Day. People are off mm-hmm. work. They're ready to watch this game, watch a competitive game. The panel game. was there. Oh, yeah. They had a giant, uh, the giant Canadian flag. And you know what? I mm-hmm. think that the live mic games get better every year that they do it. I know there's some swears and things like that, but there were some cool conversations between the officials and uh, the coaches. <laughs> Although Until some, they cut it out. Yeah, I know. But they, sometimes <laughs> it kind of looks like, what, these guys don't know what's going on, aren't they, the head coach? But... Uh, <laughs> Mm-hmm. Well, let's go first where 
Calgary or not Calgary, sorry, Toronto gets an illegal substitution. Because SJ Green SJ comes Green into the back into the game in too early. soon. The ref the ref literally tells Dickinson, Well, I didn't know. And then they cut the mics. It's like, yeah, no, this this conversation's over. <laughs> <laughs> the ref said he didn't know, no, we want nothing to do with that. But, I mean, the Argo defense, it was just two years ago when Chamberlain had them firing at all cylinders mm-hmm. and winning a Grey Cup. They, now mm-hmm. they look lost. And there are a lot of good, like, backbone pieces of that defense are gone now, too, though. That's true. I know they and... still Cleon Lang, they still have Cleon Lang and, and Sean Lemon. Uh, but, you know, Bear Woods is gone. Matt Black is gone. Uh, you know, just guys that showed up Marcus every day. Marcus Ball. And they, Mark, yeah, like, I mean, they, they've had some pretty big losses. And, I, man, could this be the year we get an 0-18? Dude, I, I know they've only played two games. And I know that might sound like over. But they got worse. They, they only scored seven. And I with all of their... <laughs> Signings in the offseason, Toby Antigua, mm-hmm. Chris Rainey. I mean, Rainey had a great fake out on the kick return uh, mm-hmm. there. Uh, Darrell Walker. I mean, Ian Wild, uh, Micah Awe, who, man, that guy. You're going to – I don't want to say anything crazy. we got to watch this guy. He, he launches himself like a missile and – uh, he he can hurt some guys the way he plays. <laughs> I, I'm not uh, saying yeah. I, not, I, we're not we're not saying we're just saying. <laughs> and I know there's some guys on the injured list, but like Tyrell Sutton and uh, Brandon mm-hmm. Burks and things like that. But they they look like they actually don't know what they're doing. They actually really <laughs> just do not look prepared and. I, I, I it looked like me trying to talk to a girl at the bar. <laughs> I don't know if this is going to turn around at all. Uh, they can make a switch at quarterback if they want, but they had guys I behind. I, I don't. I don't know. They had guys this... behind Ricky Ray. They had Trevor Harris. They had Zach Kalaros at one time, and this is yeah. pre. They had. They had Cody Fajardo. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> and now we are with james franklin and uh and mcleod bethel thompson I, I i do think that they're gonna stick with with franklin here for the next little while but i understand why people would call for a change oh and i was talking to uh our buddy lance last night during the game, and I'm like, there's no way James Franklin comes out to start the second half. And he's like, it doesn't matter because Macbeth is no better. I'm like, that's a really good point. I know when... neither one of them have played well this year. When Macbeth came in last year, they went on kind of a little bit of a run where it looked like, Mm -hmm. hey, this guy can make things happen, and then it kind of went downhill again. And he's 31. What are they going to gain from having him in there it's not a pretty situation in toronto right now and yeah i don't want to write a team off and they've only played two games but now they're going to bc place and mike riley yep what's the over under there for passing yards Uh, for mike riley oh pass 
380. I think that's fair, and I might take the over. Like I don't want to. I don't want to say, "Oh, it's 450 yards," and then be a <laughs> jackass about it. But I, I, 380 is a really good game, and BC lost their home opener to Winnipeg. They did. Right? I mean, and and the way I looked at that that game, I, I made the pick. I picked Winnipeg. It was, you know, it's the first game of the year. Teams haven't played yet. Well, they have, but I mean, it's been preseason, so everybody's well rested. You're coming in. You can get in early. Uh, you know, and, and the time change isn't such a big deal, and and you can win this football game now. There is no way Toronto can, BC now is going to start with that home dominance again. They're going to win, you know, seven of their last eight home games, and it's what's going to save them a playoff spot, and they can go five hundred on the road. Okay, here here's looking at Toronto's schedule over the next little while. Oh, this ought to be good. They're home to BC on Saturday. And then they are oh, they're, they're home. To, I thought they were in BC. <laughs> sorry. Either and, way, it's a loss. Sorry. Yeah, the Argos are at home. And then they are okay. in Winnipeg. Loss. loss. In Calgary. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> James Wilder Jr. <laughs> loss. And then in Edmonton. Loss. Home to Winnipeg. Loss. Home to Edmonton. <laughs> loss and then it's touchdown atlantic uh against the the alouettes so and that might win (laughs) is that going to be the next game they win in uh in moncton that might be the lock that might be the only game they win (laughs) yeah that might be the only game i pick them this year (laughs) we'll we'll see we'll see if antonio bipkin's healthy Oh, it is. It's not a good situation for Toronto right now. But Mm-mm. you know what? Credit has to go to Stephen McAdoo, and it, it makes me wonder what was going on with uh, the Ryder offense last year. Does does Calaro still have a job once he's good to go? No, I know they say you can't lose your job to injury, but if the other guy is better than you, that's too bad. Sorry. Um, and, and the narrative coming in was Fajardo can't throw downfield. Um, I, I mean, <laughs> Stephen McAdoo has been calling a completely different scheme, it seems. He has, with, yeah. With, with Fajardo in there compared to when Kalaros is in there and, and you know, stretching the field. And, and maybe these passes aren't being completed, but it's putting pressure on the defense and they're getting, they're getting the pa- defensive pass interference penalties and, and Jack Evans making that catch last night, uh, mm-hmm. like he did, was unbelievable. Uh, you know, and he he only had seven incomplete passes last night for Drew. Wow. Right, like a seventy-seven point four percent completion rate. Like that, this kid. Well, I guess you can't really call him a kid. Well, he's a kid compared to us, but <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, he he's finally getting a shot, and he's capitalizing on it, like nobody else has before and i don't if you go so let's say claros comes back after six games uh you know and let's say the riders are five and two how do you give him his job back i want to see what fajardo does against the western teams and the next three games are against western teams they have Calgary, mm-hmm. then they have a bye, and then a home-and-home home with BC. And if he's still performing like this, 
if he goes two and one. Exactly. You can't take the job away. It's no. it's a football move. It's business, the only, man. The only thing the only thing I could see is if he's winning but turning the ball over a ton because it's not sustainable. Right. Which he hasn't done yet, right? Like he hasn't turned the ball over yeah, a bunch. Yeah, I mean, that's the, throwing, maybe the most impressive if he, part. Yeah, if he if he throws four picks to one touchdown in all three of those games and still wins somehow or goes two and one, I think when Claros comes back, you got to give Claros a shot because he, at some point those interceptions are just going to kill you, right? I'm not saying it'll happen, but I mean if that that's the only reason I could see Claros getting back in as a starter. It is just but you a- can't. You can't put him in short yardage. No. Claros. No. So he basically just becomes, he just holds a clipboard and you just hope that he is willing to mentor Fajardo and, you know, help him. I don't know. I necessarily know if he has a lot to learn. He probably does have a lot to learn, but he looks like he knows everything right now. Yeah, and he, he's very confident, and you could tell on the live mic game. It's just such a mm-hmm. crazy situation and a, a, a good situation for the riders to be in right now. It's been a long time since they've put up points like this uh, and mm-hmm. looked that good and smooth uh, doing it. We do have to talk about the mascot, though. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> what happened to Gainer? So this, let's be honest, this probably should have happened when the new stadium opened. The, no, the, it should have never happened. It's kind of growing on me, and maybe part of it is the Gainer uh, Twitter takeover on the Riders account on Tuesday. <laughs> Oh, man. I can't believe how offended some people are. That's the funny part uh, of this whole thing. And I'm loving every second of it. The the fact that the riders are now trolling their own fan base. But this is... This is... <laughs> it's so good. This mirrors Gritty with the Flyers, right? No, because Gritty's freaking awesome. <laughs> like, if I... Did you think Gritty was awesome when you first saw it? No, it's but. everything that came after. <laughs> it's how he conducts himself. Gainer hasn't changed, <laughs> but he looks—he looks like like he's been awake for four straight days on a binge. <laughs> he looks like Brazilian Thai. <laughs> oh, on like on like the Sunday morning of Grey Cup. Sunday, Thursday, <laughs> Thursday morning. No, Thursday at the live show is like, can we just go home yet? No, you got to eat this butter and salt. Oh, gee, thanks. I can't wait. <laughs> just up there sweating, detoxing. So, so I guess it's really tough to talk about Gainer. I love Gainer, but at the same time, I'm not a kid. Mm-hmm. The, the mascot is for the kids, but. Yes. Has there ever been? How does been... a kid not find that terrifying? Yeah, I, I'm not a kid. I, I don't know. Maybe I'll, I'll bring my nephew to a game and introduce him to the new Gainer and see. Dude, he's scared of you. You think he's not going to be scared of Gainer? <laughs> and and in full honesty, I was like, uh, your nephew's like 18. Like, why would he like Gainer? And then I remembered that you have another one. Oh, <laughs> I have two nephews. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. By the way, my nephew is now 23. If you want to feel old. Um. Oh, my God. <laughs> Remember but, when he was just that annoying kid that watched wrestling with us? Yes, I know. And now we're the annoying now we, people. And now, we, now he drives us to stag parties. 
So I can't. I'm trying to think, and I can't really think of another situation where a team has remodeled a mascot. I, I could relate to the old gainer because he was oh, chubby <laughs> and jolly, and now this one is fit. I, I can't achieve that. I I can't relate no. to the new gainer. <laughs> um, remember when the Oilers didn't have a mascot? And then they brought in Lynx, Hunter the Lynx? Yeah. Uh, I I don't know which one's worse. <laughs> Come on. Hunter's worse, I think. I don't know, man. The, a gopher with squinty green eyes? <laughs> it's just... And it just he just looks like he is up to something and I don't like it. I guess, I've never seen a gopher with green eyes. <laughs> I guess I think that the new mascot kind of matches the new digs. And but I, I, I don't like the, the lighter brown belly patch that comes under the jersey. That's the only thing that I uh I'm I'm iffy about. But <laughs> what are you looking at his gut for? <laughs> But the the beloved gainer, I guess, is is gone, and I, I kind of I, I went through a roller coaster of emotions because it's what I grew up loving, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I I have a feeling that that costume is not in the garbage yet. They can't bring it back. Then they might bring it back. They can't. <laughs> they they can do whatever they want. If they have like a nineteen, this is the thirtieth anniversary of the nineteen eighty nine Grey Cup. They should really have a 89 game and honor those guys and bring back the old gainer for that game. That that and, and mosaic but, stadium yeah. would sell out instantly. Bring them back for that game and then just never bring back the new one and never talk about it. It'd be like new Coke <laughs> and classic Coke. <laughs> Dude, they're doubling down. New gainer's here to stay. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Would you have liked it if they retired Gainer and brought in a different uh, mascot? Like what? A magpie? <laughs> like, in Saskatchewan, there's not a lot of. Well, I mean, there is a lot of. Like, oh, here, here, here's here's a wood tick. Like, come on. <laughs> now that that is awesome. A wood tick. Uh, we have to end the show on that note. <laughs> <laughs> we both go a perfect 4 and 0 in Pickham. How was your Not fantasy week? I ended up winning in uh, the Canadian Football Podcast Network fantasy challenge course, against Super Of course Fan you did cuz you cuz you cheated. You cheated too. No, that's <laughs> not entirely true. <laughs> I put up 144 okay, points in, my best uh, I, I week got, of the like, season. 90. 90? Uh, like 90. Yeah, it wasn't great. Um, you know, when you start a guy who you think is going to put up like 20-some points and he gets you 3.2, it's not great. That or hurts. Or 3.6, sorry. And, and Roosevelt only got 8.1. Don Jackson, of course, like I don't. he was in and out of the game so much, only 10.2. But I did have uh, Cody Fajardo, which kind of made it respectable, I guess. Yeah, my John White, 36 points. Fajardo, 32. Yeah. Uh, Thomas Erlington, uh, almost 28. Banks, 31. And then I, my Roosevelt and Bagleton had 17.1 combined, but oh, I had yeah. exactly $40,000, so I couldn't change it. Yeah. 
So Fajardo, Riley, Masoli, your top three quarterbacks, uh, John White, Sean Thomas, Erlington, and William Stanbeck, uh, 16.5 is the third highest. Uh, I mean, he's going to be an underrated guy the rest of the season, I think. I, I think so too, and he's still relatively cheap. Yeah, uh, Eric Rogers, forty-one, lucky Whitehead. <laughs> wow. Uh, actually, no, sorry, I don't want to call him lucky right now because of the game that he had. I'm actually going to call him Rodney Darnell Whitehead Jr. His real name. He, he had thirty-four point three <laughs> points. Like, you know what he has for the season? Thirty-five point six. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So he had a big night. Uh, and then Brandon Banks at 31.2, is third highest receiver. And then it's a steep drop-off after that. Awesome, awesome, awesome. We are a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB, welcoming the Eskimo Empire Podcast to the Alberta Podcast Network. Uh, love superfan Mike. Kayla and Empire Andrew, uh, good friends with them. Even if you aren't an Eskimo fan, mm-hmm. check out their podcast. And if you go to uh, Commonwealth Stadium for a game, stop by and see them at their tailgate. They always got cupcakes and all kinds of different food. They have different food every single game, and it's always good. <laughs> and, and if you can't make tailgate, there's also West of Us. Uh, and if you get there, if you can find the right time to show up, it's right next to the mini donut stand. Mini donuts, yes, sir. <laughs> For the win. <laughs> and Andrew, of course, was nice enough to let me crash at his place the Wednesday night of Grey Cup, which I don't remember. Yeah, he probably carried you in there, too. So welcome to the Alberta Podcast <laughs> Network, to the Eskimo Empire podcast we will talk to you on thursday as we get you ready for week four which by the way all four games have tickets available on seatgiant.ca alberta podcast network has teamed up with seat giant all the all the games all of the concerts all the events on there in canadian dollars so you don't get surprised with any crazy conversion when you put it on your credit card if you use the promo code apn you'll save five percent and you'll give a little bit of uh, support to the alberta podcast network in the process SeatGiant.ca promo code apn and save five percent on your ticket purchase That puts a bow on week three. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.